Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by the untapped merch store. You can find everything you need on there to have an amazing Halloween or Thanksgiving or Christmas or pint with your friends. When you do, use the coupon code PODCAST and get 20% off of anything in your shopping cart. And if you're not buying a pint glass, that's cool. You can drink from your hands. But uh, while you're drinking from your hands, make sure you follow us on YouTube or where you're listening to this podcast. Hit that subscribe button, maybe even a like or a review if you're a wordsmith. That's enough about this show and our sponsor, Thanks Untapped. What's coming up today, Harrison? Today, I'm hoping to blow some people's minds with facts about bees? What? Did you know there are more than 16,000 different kinds of bees, John? 16,000! And they are found on every continent on Earth except Antarctica, as far as we know. Um, And they've been on this planet for 30 million years they've seen a lot dinosaurs i don't think so that was like 65 million years ago but anyway all right fine they missed that but um still doing okay most of them terrify me but they the stinging and all that stuff but they really shouldn't they should they should probably amaze me more than 75 percent of the crops in the world that we eat depend on animal pollination and bees carry out most of that so they're pretty important so much so Pay attention, Hollywood producers, that Albert Einstein (laughs) once said, if the bee disappears from the surface of the earth, man would have no more than four years left to live. Whoa. So now we get to move over zombies. I've got another terrifying scenario to think about and makes a beeline to the top of my terrifying thing to think about list, which, of course, moves death by tickling into number three for those playing at home. So anyway, it doesn't matter. We're lucky, though. In many ways, we live in a world with bees, uh, not least of which is because without bees, we wouldn't have any honey. And with no honey, we wouldn't have mead. So today we're going to drink the once mysterious but now extremely popular elixir that is mead and unlock the Hey Honey badge in the process. I couldn't be more excited, John. (laughs) That was less, like more educational and less pun driven than I would have expected from you, Harrison. There were too many. I just had to behave and not. Well, there they are. Your story about death by lack of bees is compelling. I can't wait to see that as a David Finch movie or. uh, (laughs) Maybe it's better as a book. It's not too. Yeah. No bees is less. I'm sure there is a movie, but whatever. Antarctica bees. That's a. Okay, enough. Uh, bees and their product honey helps us earn the untapped badge hey honey uh, which is something you've probably heard if you've been out in the garage drinking too long but for this badge hey honey you'll earn that by checking into five different beers on untapped that are categorized as a mead or a honey beer and i know what you're thinking right what's the difference between a mead and a honey beer well, a honey beer don't give a oh waffles i think is what you meant to say john they get the point they're very simple Absolutely. So mainly we're talking less about a still mead, which is like a traditional honey wine and more like a braggot or really a beer that uses honey for fermentation sugars. And you can find them all over on Untapped, especially the one we're going to be drinking today. I'm really excited as Harrison gives us the stat sheet on it. 
That's right. So we're going to dive in and return to Bee Nectar. So you guys may remember from last season, we enjoyed one of their ciders, Blood Amulet. And it was one of those episodes I'll never forget because it was one of the first craft ciders I ever had. Kind of blew my mind. And it was my introduction to Bee Nectar Meadery, which, of course, by the name is more known for their mead. So we said a year ago about we got to get their mead on. So here we are. Good thing. Just in time. time. Um, but we're starting with um, one that's actually a little bit harder to find from them. It's called their New Wave Lemonade from Bean Actor Meadery, of course. It is cacti. Ooh, look at that color. John's holding up to everyone on YouTube as a mead other. So it's got um, blueberries and lemon in it. But it's 6.1% ABV orange blossom honey mead with blueberries and lemon. And Bean Actor likes to have some fun. So if you're a fan of the classic new wave 80s band, Human League, and you know their song, Don't You Want Me, which brown, maybe we brown, brown, can or can't play. There we go. Good. That's yeah. a good way around it. Um, <laughs> and you read their label. There's a lovely little song there that goes along with that beat. So I'm not going to sing it, probably for legal reasons. And also just that's an easy way to get out of singing. Just blame it on the law. Song Sorry, law. can't do happy birthday this year. Right. I got a lot of... <laughs> right. I can't pay. Can't afford the royalties to sing at your birthday party. <laughs> um, but somehow I afforded this cake. All right, cool. So let's get in here. I'm going to pour mine. John's already started, though. Have you had a sip yet? Is this scent? Oh, look at that. So clear. So this is, you know... Ooh. Yeah. And I'm expecting kind of something pretty intense here with blueberries and lemon. But again... I'm what, most of the time wrong. What's happening, John? This is a six six percent. So not correct. Six point one, six point three. I think it's a six point one of the bottle. Yep. The the biggest thing that I noticed. I mean, there's flavor and everything that I want to kind of talk about. The color is beautiful, but the carbonation on here is different than any beer I think I've ever drank. It like it's explosive. Right, that would be the term that I would use. The it, huge head that just dissipates immediately, yeah. but the bubbles and just knock you out. And I think they help because there's a lot of sweetness, not in a bad way. The lemon comes through at the end and kind of cuts through that. The blueberries aren't bringing a whole lot of sweetness, but mm. mainly like sour and lemonadey is what I'm getting. I don't taste a lot of honey right away. It's not overly sweet. It's certainly not sweeter than any of the milkshake IPAs we've had. Certainly. So this is like, this is a an interest. Like I would probably compare it to like a session a, a session sour or something right. that you've probably seen more frequently of the last year. Or so that's what I was going to say when we spoke to Superstition Meadery at the Go Hard Live, and they were talking about kind of this idea of like sparkling meads or session meads, which instead of being like 13% or like 6%, which for me, that is more sessionable. And we have one of theirs, the Fuzz Fuzz, was like a peach mead. Um, it reminds me a little bit of that. It's, it's very carbonated and it's bubbly, it's light. Um, this is great. And you're right. And the nose, for me, the nose is like all blueberry almost. Yeah. So, but it's like, it tastes like a blueberry candy. I can't quite. I can't go back that far in my brain, but I'm I'm, at, I'm like in a dugout somewhere crying and someone <laughs> hands me some candy to make me stop crying. And it's this 30 years ago. So that's, that's nice. I guess a, a sad day turns into Tastes a happy like day. Tastes like sadness. 
Right. But but like overcoming sadness. No, no, I didn't overcome anything. I just ate candy and forgot. That's how a lot of people that's, get through that's, life. Just, that's overcoming if you're in therapy. <laughs> yeah. I do it I do it every other <laughs> That sounds like suppressing, but that's a different podcast, a different Zoom call I'll take later in the week that costs me a lot of money to figure that out. Today, um, so there's a kind of a candy, fun blueberry nose. And you're right. It's I get like the I'm not a honey nerd if that's a thing but i i like to pretend i'm i get the orange blossom honey note like i do we have orange blossom honey and then regular honey in the house i like the way orange blossom honey tastes so i'm getting that kind of flavor which just kind of have like an orangish it's not citrusy it's like man that's hard to describe it's like the when you think of orange, it's like that. It's very generic. Thought of, just the like, thought of orange. Like the thought of orange. So there's someone thinking about an orange in here, an old candy from my childhood, <laughs> really selling this. Um, but for me, the, the drinking of it was like lemon first, then it finished like all blueberry skins. It was like, it's not bitter, but it was like that kind of sensation you get with like a like a the tannins in a blueberry skin kind of, again, bubbles on your tongue a little bit, but it's not... Again, not bitter, but it's that like same sensation. It felt kind of like a little electric there. This is very cool, yeah. and it's it's very complex. And you know, as I'm sitting here drinking it, I'm excited to have it warm up a little bit. But its uh, initial sips are like, right, don't chug this like a Gatorade. But I could see how you would want to chug it like a Gatorade. <laughs> if there was a sports bottle logo on here, you might. You might, I don't even, yeah. Like I'll often say when I drink a high ABV beer, I'm like, oh, I can't even really tell how boozy this is. Yeah. This mead is a perfect example of that. I wouldn't, I I would have a hard time discerning it from like a weird flavored soda. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like a cool hip soda that you get at the corner bodega thing that used to be an old fire station yep. and now it sells <laughs> other people's pants to you for nine chiropractor pepper not right. dr pepper <laughs> <laughs> that's right the off off brand um but again this this is not a knock this is delicious um and a cool right it's i mean i think it is kind of like a sparkling mead it's not what you think of when you think of a 13 percent right still wine obviously there's carbonation here um, but I think that adds to it for me, CO2 will always unlock more flavors. That's what it's designed to do. It's a gas. As soon as it tries to escape out of the bottle, out of your glass, it's going to take a lot of those aromas with it and hit you in the face. I, so I meant to ask you about great. that. Like yeah. this, the carbonation in here was like, like I said, like explosive when I was yeah. pouring it into the glass rather yeah. conservatively, it was still bubbling up like a madman. It, and you yeah. think that. Do you think that's something they maybe do intentionally or they probably know, right? Like the carbonation is really going to help the flavor out on, on this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, definitely intentional. And I wonder right now, my brain's kind of following potential, potential routes backwards into the maze of how did they get here? And is there like an Imperial version of this? That is a still kind of 13% new wave lemonade and what does that taste like? And having these kind of next to each other, again, like the sessionable version of that that's more carbonated, you have to wonder, right, did they pilot this on a smaller level and it was higher ABV? And they were like, you know what? We probably cut this down a little bit and carbonate it. That's what this mead should be. And then you know, here we are. So I don't know, but um, but I mean, not unreasonable to think that. Certainly plenty of breweries do 
exactly that when they're piloting around and trying to figure things out. It's, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that conversation is sometimes should this be an IPA or is this better served as a double IPA or a session IPA or what, you know, kind of tweaking ingredients and recipes to make sure you're getting what you want. But sometimes you may start out brewing one thing and realize, ah, this would be better as a slightly different style. This is, I made a Imperial Brown Ale, but it probably should have just been a porter or whatever. Yep. (laughs) And in this, like you kind of talked about it with your B-nerd status, like two things. One, Mm -hmm. I think if you know someone that proclaims a love of mead, Mm. They also have been to a Renaissance fair. They have a D and D character. They play Skyrim. <laughs> like, I think I think mead drinkers are good people. But yeah. you kind of alluded to like talking about different types of honey, right? And right, most of my life I drank honey from the little squeeze bear. Sure. And then one time I bought expensive buckwheat honey, and I hated it. There's a <laughs> discernible difference. Do you think that like bee nectar saying orange blossom honey, that's about the equivalent of, of saying like we used carapils malt or we used two row or we used like black burnt malt? Like, do you think it's kind of similar to bee nectar making mead? It must be. And I mean, you, you see and hear a lot about orange honey in the mead world and the real world or the non-mead world rather. But I've come across wildflower honey and right buckwheat. Like obviously, it's, I just kind of spoke about briefly. Right. Yeah. So take it from John. Hot take from John. Stay away from that. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, sure. It's your base grain is not a grain. It's a honey in this case. And it's going to impart that first usually that kind of first part of your first sip is the malt saying, here's the story. Here's, here's what's going on um, in this glass. And that's important. That first impression, obviously it's usually the nose and you're smelling it. You know, that's the first impression. And sometimes the hops grab the show there, but that first sip, the first impression there is usually led by the malt. So in this case, it being, you know, honey being the base of, of this mead and all mead. So, um, yeah, super important. And, you know, I don't know, you know, to say enough about, you know, bee nectar or meaderies in general, are they like, is it even as specific as like we work with, and a lot of them do, they do this, work with one farm and the orange blossom honey on this part of town is what we want. Or is it more like, what's the best honey this year? Is wildflower honey better than orange blossom honey this year based on the rain and the whatever? I'm sure that's happening. That's got to be in consideration, just like, Brewers go out and smell hops and they decide, ah, this year's centennial is a little bit different. So we're going to do X, Y, and Z to compensate. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you're working with the natural world. It's kind of going to do what it's going to do. Um, <laughs> and you have to be flexible to that. But um, as long as you know that and are intentional with what you're looking into and your research ahead of time, you should be able to, you know, work with what you got and, and make, you know, make the best of it, even if some years are just, and usually it's just different. It's never, I've never come across like, again, a bunch of like citra hops where they're horrible. It's just like, ah, way more rind this year than tropical or, you know, and that's okay, great. Then we'll do this and that to it, to put it to our, our flagship beer. Um, no reason to think honey wouldn't be very similar. Now I'm just envisioning like a Southern mead that's made with molasses instead of honey and i wonder it probably exists somewhere but sure why, why haven't i gotten an opportunity to try that 
at Chick-fil-A or Bojangles yet. Say it's at every Waffle House in the country. <laughs> if you pick up the oldest molasses container in the back, there's just some natural molasses mead happening and forgotten cabinets and many an IHOP. Um, <laughs> just be careful. <laughs> it may be a little more unforgiving. Um, but that's a different adventure for a different terrifying day. Let's not send it right out and have them go blind, although you should know. <laughs> go into Meet Ninkasi at uh, Waffle House. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of great adventures usually end at a Waffle House. If you want to start one, though, right, drink some of the old molasses buckets in the back. See you next <laughs> Tuesday. Um, man, oh, man. But this uh, this is this is delicious. I mean, this is, again... Love it. Love what B Nectar is doing. Not surprising. They are kind of so well known, um, you know, in the uh, in the mead world. Uh, yeah, we'll, it's great. We'll get into that here in a minute when we talk cool. about this badge. Yeah. Um, but it, cheers, B Nectar, for making this. I call it a beer because I, I I call a lot <laughs> of things beer that maybe aren't quite. Right. Beer, it, it, it's packaged a similar way, and I drink it a similar way, and I check it in on Untapped. But um, this is great, and I would bring a bee nectar product to any bottle share with the hope of just introducing some some weirder, different styles. That that like when we drank Blood Amulet on the podcast yeah. last year, I loved oh. seeing your reaction there. And I don't drink ciders all the time, but they're they're anything bee nectar has made has been great. I know. I agree. It almost like I'm going to have to grab a couple more bottles of blood amulet and make some fire up the fire pit. It's that feels like a good fire pit cider. Ooh, and it's a whole, that's a night. That's a night right there. Um, cool. So as we're drinking this mead and musing over its lemonadiness, the highlighted badge on this podcast is Hey Honey. Yes. Obviously, throwing reference to the fact that it's, I'll say factually, it's impossible to make mead without honey. Right. So <laughs> you can make some things, but exactly. uh, you're going to need some honey. And it's actually really simple to make a really straightforward mead. You basically, all you need is honey, a bucket, and some yeast, and you can get by. <laughs> right. Um, pretty simple. And then modernize it by adding a whole bunch of cool flavors. And they'll call them different things like a melamel. But mead is the base ingredient here. And if you drink five of them and you check them in on Untapped, you'll earn the Hey Honey badge. And then five more and five more all the way up to level 100. So far on Untapped, this badge has been unlocked 74,000 times. So mm -hmm. come on, we got some work to do. Go out yeah. and grab some meads. Try them. Tell me if you hate them. Um, and maybe tell me if you like them, but so far 74,000 unlocks and we always like to cover the top beers or meads mm -hmm. that have helped people unlock, uh, this badge, the top 10 here, six of them belong to B Nectar. Yeah. I mean, this is, and these, these guys aren't like a giant, uh, Budweiser distribute, like in my, in my research, they're still pretty small yeah. setup. So they're just crushing the mead game. If we look at the top of the list, it's Necro from B Nectar. Then you've got one called Kill All Golfers. Love that. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're a golfer, you've probably at one time hated the golfer next to you, uh, depending on handicap. Tuco style freak out. So B Nectar has a lot of fun with their name and their branding. But then when we get into number four, it's a mead called Viking Blood from yes. Dansk. And this is probably one you've maybe seen before it's usually really expensive there's a beer bar 
Harrison and I used to go to where they would sell that whenever someone asked for whiskey. It's 19%. Technically, it's, a, it's classified as a methylglin, which is just right. like a flavored mead. But that style predates wine. It's been around forever. Um, so Viking blood has helped a lot of people earn this badge. You get a few more from Bee Nectar, like Zombie Killer. Then you'll find Superstition Meadery, incredibly well-rated. Harrison talked about drinking their fuzz earlier. Uh, Superstition makes a great product a little bit further out west in Arizona. Yep. Yep. Peanut butter jelly crime. Haven't been it. able to have it yet, but I've been looking for that forever. <clears throat> Uh, you get Shrams. They're one of the top-rated breweries or producers on Untapped over yeah. the last couple of years. Um, and then the last one, right down at the bottom in spot number 10 from Rogue, Marionberry Braggot. So it. the only like proper brewery that's been able to kind of blur the lines and, and join the, the mead fold. Congratulations, Rogue. That Marionberry is technically, I think, a, I think it's a Braggot. It it's is like a, a mead yeah. ale. Yep. That's right. Um, but awesome. Awesome. I mean, cool names. Uh, I don't know if that's worth anything to you. Peanut butter, Ooh. jelly crime. I don't know. Drink it. Zombie killer. Crazy. I'm interested. Yeah. I know. Uh, and they all taste pretty good. I think. If, where do we go next, Harrison? We talk about how far uh, ahead. Let's talk about that. On yeah, the badge. So that's right. You know, probably more than me per usual, but how are we doing on this badge, John? Tell me your mead tale. Where are we at? What do you know? Um, and yeah, let's start there. Well, I'm at level three. I'm not embarrassed about it. It's a low number, but it's not like I go out crushing meads all the time. They're not prevalent, but when I find one, I generally try it. And so I'm at level three when I check into this beer. There's a lot of bee nectar in my history, but the one that I think I remember most fondly comes from a meadery called Redstone, and it's called Nectar of the Hops. It's a dry hopped mead. So it's like mm. it's like a mead, and you get a lot of that like citrus floral notes from the hopping they do afterwards. Nice. I thought that was really cool. And uh, Dissolver, Harrison, you're a fan out in Asheville. They've made a mead that I got in a can. Uh, Off yeah. Color in Chicago. I can't remember the name of it, but Sam Adams. That was my first uh, sure. Braggot mead check-in back in 2015. Um, how about you, Harrison? Good for you, John. <laughs> Good for you. To remember to check in all your meats. Um, I usually pull up excuses in this 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 part of the show. Today may be no different, but the only mead I've checked into on tap has been Fuzz Fuzz from Superstition, which we just talked about, and the only meat I've talked about all show other than this <laughs> one because it's the only one I remember, the only one I've ever checked in. Although I will say I remember having a bragger from Sam Adams forever ago, but I guess before my untapped days. Uh, so really new to the mead world. It kind of took me, I don't know why, no good reason forever to just kind of take that leap into mead. And of course, I love it. And, and you know, just been more curious ever since. So happy we're doing on the show today. But yeah, only fuzz fuzz from superstition, I guess. And if this is also technically like a session or a sparkling mead we're having today, that's really the only kind of mead I, I think I've had. Although... I do barely remember a bottle of Viking blood late at night after a show in my youth. Not important. Um, <laughs> maybe I had some, maybe I didn't. But uh, that's a story for no other time. So Viking blood new. definitely gets drank more than it gets checked in. Yeah. I think that's a yeah. safe. <laughs> that's a good tagline. Um, they should use that. That's uh, patent pending. Um, 
uh, reach out if you want to use a Viking blood. Um, but yeah, that's I, I hear you there. So yeah, I'm new to mead. I won't be uh, be shy about it. But mm-hmm. so far, again, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's an empty canvas. That doesn't sound very good. There's a lot of opportunity uh, to introduce good Maybe. flavors and mead, as I've experienced, especially if you like spice. If you can find, right. I mean, I won't say it's easy to start a meadery, but there's a there's a couple of small little operations, even here in North Carolina, like really tiny meaderies that don't distribute, but they're just doing funky stuff with honey. It's, yeah, and they have an intense fan base. I know working with super so the untapped side of things and my job work with tons of meteries and superstition meadery in Chicago and Pie Road Meadworks down in Florida. They'll sell out of meads in less than a minute on their online stores just because they're that's their fan base is so dedicated and <clears throat> in my experience it's almost like the I've watched Imperial Stouts sell out really fast, but I've watched Mead sell out faster, um, which was kind of wild to me to be like, where are all these, this, these Mead guys are not uh, not messing around. So that caught my attention too. And I'm not going to lie, definitely kind of made me more curious about well, what am I missing out on here? If these many people are freaking out and trying to sell out and grab stuff and cases of it at a time as much as they can get their hands on. Um, I gotta, I gotta get on this. So probably more mead for me to come. Um, and, uh, yeah, so far I've been spoiled with just having great stuff, but you're right. It doesn't take a lot. And I've been seeing more and more small kind of nano meteries, if you will, pop up just over the past year. Um, it's just, and it's a tight community. Every meadery that I've worked with kind of knows all the other ones and even ones that aren't open yet spoken with. Uh, people are opening meteries who like already know the the who's who of the mead world. So it's like a tiny community. It's very connected within an already small kind of craft beer community that's really well connected. So that's really neat too. And that's one of the reasons I love this industry. It's just, you know, kind of everybody knows everybody else and it's, uh, it's, it can, you can really help each other out. It's easy to find help. And if you're curious and have questions, no one is shy to offer advice who's been through the same things you've been through before, probably, um, as a, you know, as a, a brewery owner, meter owner, whatever it may be, which is, um, which is pretty cool. And speaking of cool things, since you're the expert, John, I do have a question for you before we jump into some verified venue shenanigans. Skip buckwheat, honey. That's my advice for your metery. Don't use buckwheat. <laughs> you're in here first. That's a freebie, too. John just handed out gems tonight for nothing. You're all lucky. Um, but let's talk about alternatives, if you will, um, at, which means not beer um, in this case. Yeah. <laughs> so if you had to if you had to pick one, we're talking about meads and ciders tonight that you would now drink yeah. till the end of your days. What are we doing Ooh. now? What are we? What's your go through gut? Don't overthink it. Trust your inner bee. What are you or sight apple? I don't know. Trust your trust inner, your inner whatever orchard. <laughs> farm that's it orchard johnny apple um (laughs) it's what do you think if i'm going with my gut i'm going down the road with meads and i think i mean i grew up in new york Uh, apple orchards are prevalent um they usually bring a lot of bees which probably helps generate honey for the meaderies so you know hand in hand right and but i never really started to I, i started to fall in love with craft mead which I think is all mead 
first. And my cider experience was like, well, I won't name a specific name, but my cider experience was not great. Right. And I was drinking these amazing meads and I was like, ah, cider's just like bubbly sugar stuff. It's not for me. <laughs> uh, and then in the last couple of years, like graft cider and yeah, there's I been know. some others that I've been fortunate enough to try that make really good stuff. Yep. Um, like I've had some, oh, I've had some, I'm talking myself into ciders. <laughs> um, I've had some that are absolutely stunning over the last year, but I'm going to say mead. I'm going to, I'm going to dance with the girl you brought or whatever my grandpa used to say. <laughs> and I'm going to pick it and I'm going to justify it by saying that I've had more interesting mead flavors. And so that's what I'm going to pick. But if I don't have to live by this decision yet, I'm challenging you, cideries, um, bring the funk. Uh, I'm excited to find <clears throat> your cool products uh, in the next, I don't know, hopefully 30 years of my life. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's a give or take 15 yeah. to 20 years or so. That's right. I'm with you there. That's, yeah, I know it's tough, but you know more about it than me. So glad to know your, uh, your take there. I'm glad the, right, the, the, the girl you you brought is is getting a tour of the dance floor at least, as uh, nobody says. No one's grandpa's ever said that. <laughs> nope. Um, nope. Or if they did the In last fact, I think my grandpa made. told me, "Don't dance. You're horrible at it." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Sit down or get up and help in the kitchen. You're doing nothing. <laughs> Why are you so tired? You're nothing today. Get up. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna okay. drink some more. I'm gonna drink. Right. That was <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, I'm gonna keep going. I feel like I'm on a roll. Um, even though I'm, I'm probably not, I could use a roll. I'm a little hungry. It's me going right to my head, but that's a, a story for another time. Let's talk about something else John knows a ton about the beautiful burgeoning metropolis that is Buffalo. Boom. Great city. You, Great you city. Hat. All America answer. city. I love they have a lot of Buffalo in Buffalo. Yeah, there's statues of them there on the okay. highway. Good. I think we got one in the zoo. <clears throat> Smart. So it can't get out. If you lose that zoo buffalo, do you rename the name of the? It's uh, probably up. We, no, no, it'd be a bird right. decision. We'd go find another buffalo. We'd steal one from Canada if we had to. <laughs> That's right. That's a town of go getters and doers. <laughs> I like it. Small time criminals. Um, <laughs> no table is safe. So we're talking about buffalo. I am anyway. I'm rambling about it because to this week's verified venue of the week is the poor tap room. In Buffalo, so uh, if you guys don't know, Poor Tap Room kind of—it's like a, a franchise. They're all over the U.S., and it is one of the it was like self-pour tap rooms where you go yes. up and you're picking beer or cider, wine, mead, whatever, pouring as much as you want. Enjoy, well, now you know within reason, <laughs> um, and then uh, begin to enjoy it. The one in Buffalo is in the heart of the theater district, and they have 56 taps. So tons of variety. And I used to be like totally anti the pour your own beer thing. But I got to say, I've been to a few over the past year or so. And it really is. It's like when you're in the mood for I'm going to try a bunch of stuff. There is no better place to do it. Because I could go. I went up and I had like literally four ounces of a crazy 15% Imperial Stout. And then I had like a whole pint of Pliny the Elder. And then... So I was able to right jump around, and it was kind of almost it was a choose your own adventure basically for beer. But you weren't at the mercy of the bartender saying like, "Nope, that barley wine only comes in a sixteen ounce glass," and then you have to deal Ooh. with that Ooh. yourself. Um, that no one should ever be in that position. 
Um, luckily, it's, it's happening less and less, I think. Is <laughs> I didn't bring all... my family. I don't... Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. This is a Chuck E. Cheese, isn't it? Why are you making me do this? <laughs> um, so anyway, poor tap room in Buffalo has got this down to a T. All the locations, though, they're great. But this one in Buffalo I actually found it by jumping on B Nectar's page on Untapped and looking around to see where they're showing up a lot across verified venues in the U.S. And the poor tap room in Buffalo showed up right away. And they actually have the new wave that we're drinking right now on tap as of recording. So if you're in Buffalo and you're like, ah, John and Harrison just had this mead. I want to get it. Boom. Poor tap room, easy stuff. Grab an Uber right in the app, get over there right now. Hopefully it's still there. If not, they got again, 56 other things to choose from. I'm sure it'll be something for everybody. And John learned how amazingly thirsty people, we already knew this, but how amazingly thirsty people in Buffalo are. They had quite the July 4th weekend at this poor tap room. I couldn't believe this when you told me. Yeah, but uh, July 4th in Buffalo <laughs> is one of our three summer days. Uh, even, even, even though it's still not a given, you know, you may right. still have to wear a jacket, but the past <laughs> July 24th, it's it's by the ounce. You can pour right. as much or as little as you want, so they're able to measure too. Two tw- no, sorry, twenty seven thousand ounces poured. I can't right. divide by twelve fast enough to figure out how many proper cans that like, is. I think it was thirty kegs. Is what they, I saw. Thirty kegs just gone in a in a day. That's <laughs> by the. Ounce. I mean, that's it was, and, and it was in July, so there was no Bills game on. Right. Um, so Amazing. it's it was just good, clean, fun. People probably excited about Josh Allen next year. And it's really nice. It's in a beautiful area downtown in Buffalo. You can finally like make a night of it and go on a date to Shays or Town Ballroom and then go across the street and have some good beer, which is really mm-hmm. exciting. Buffalo has has really started to embrace good craft beer over the last couple of years and maybe even sports, especially right after a bye week. Uh- <laughs> the Sabres are doing well. Everything is all right. It's fine, guys. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. speaking of things that are okay or maybe a little more than okay and cool places which we're just talking about what a great transition um untapped we have a new travel show guys it's called next exit it is coming out next week actually on november 3rd at 6 p.m eastern time so check that out and the premise each episode we go to a different city and enjoy the food the beer the breweries the people that make that place awesome and Hop Culture's own Kenny Gould is hosting this episode where they're heading to, not Buffalo, but uh-huh. the Seal City, Pittsburgh. So, ah, if you're a Buffaloian, oh. Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffaloman. Buffalo. A champion. I think we call it Buffalonians. Yeah. 716er. The perennial tale is old as time. Buffalo versus Pittsburgh. Chicken wings versus, I don't know, French fry sandwiches or whatever <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> Does let's talk about something that's actually and really good, Harrison. What was the best beer of the week for you? Best beer of the week. So this one was pretty easy. Uh, I enjoyed. Yeah, so getting my pumpkin beers in. This is the time. Although I've said it before, I really like them on Thanksgiving, but every year I forget. So yeah, you're almost. It's too late now. I know. But anyway, I still I got a bunch in the fridge. I'm working through them, and I have one that really stood out. It was Ithaca Brewing Company's Country Pumpkin. It, you know, it wasn't crazy. It's not like a barrel aged imperial, whatever. It's just a straightforward pumpkin ale, about six percent. 
and it's got everything you want in a pumpkin beer. It's not overly spicy. It's not really sweet at all. It was, you could kind of taste the pumpkin, like pumpkin meat, which is cool. Um, and it just, it, I was like, yep, this is exactly what I wanted it to be. When I opened the can and drank it, that first sip was, was perfect. So shout it out, country pumpkin, you can grab it, get it. And if you like pumpkin beers, you will be hopefully as happy as I was uh, enjoying this one. What about you, John? What did you uh, get into this past week in terms of best beers? Yeah, um, Ithaca, great uh, Buffalo know. suburb, so many hills. <laughs> it, everyone had to learn how to drive a standard vehicle uh, in Ithaca's hills. Um, <laughs> for me, Pink Lemonade Session Sour from Highwire Brewing. Ooh, They've yeah. got a local tap room where I live in Wilmington, but they distribute across the southeast. It was like one of our last lazy, humid Saturday mornings, and this beer i would just remember like it was so balanced i was thinking lemonade more mm. than i was thinking anything else it was just nice. it was really enjoyable to sip on i think it was eleven fifty nine, or you know basically halfway through the day there you go perfect the lawn's cut or maybe not yeah it was, you get sunday for those yeah That's right. you're right what am i saying ridiculous <laughs> yeah don't worry about the lawn it's already went now well anyways it, it, <laughs> might be winter if you live in buffalo um but hopefully this episode has convinced you to get out of your own way and look for a beer with honey or probably look for a honey beer while using untapped that'll actually help you find one a little bit easier but (laughs) if you're like harrison and you haven't really fully embraced the pollinator on untapped yet trust us you're buzzing up the wrong tree oh here we go (laughs) you're serving the wrong queen (laughs) you're being silly i apologize for all of those but please share your b-side beers with us on social media make sure you follow untapped on twitter instagram or check out the podcast on youtube or where you're listening to it i love that i'm jealous of all the puns you got it more than me i feel like but that's okay that's all right i'm gonna be a big man about it because a great day is coming up i have much to celebrate November 4th, so just like a week and a day from probably the day you're listening to this, you're listening to the day it came out, it's International Stout Day. So John and I are going to start celebrating about a day early, the next Wednesday. Uh, tune in to see what we get our hands on. Until then, uh, be later. Oh, I'm man. Done. Be I'm done. Right. <laughs> be kind, rewind. That's no one knows what that means. Rewind what? Let's rewind. Cheers. Oh, you got it. Uh, me today keeps the doctor. That's it. Now you're drinking <laughs> ciders again. 